0: Impact, Income, and Influence. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to Grow Your Impact, Income, and Influence, the number one show helping you reach millions, millions of dollars in your bank account, millions of people, or just millions of hours of rest and relaxation, whatever you are after. Today, we're gonna be focusing a little bit on the income piece, but not in the normal way you might be thinking. We're gonna be talking about how to get your dream job, how to build the career path that you have always wanted. Now, I know there are a lot of entrepreneurs in the audience, but this show is still for you. We're going to be talking about how my guest, Giselle Galper, see, I got that right. We practiced how Giselle built the app, and we're going to be talking about the big challenges that it solves. Giselle, how are you doing today?
1: Oh, I'm doing great. Thank you for having me. I just love that hat we all Thank you. need clarity.
0: So, okay. Take us back to like where this started, because I don't think anyone ever wakes up in the morning and is like, I want to build an app that helps people live their best life in their career. Where did all this start? You were actually a tax attorney.
1: I was a tax attorney. I went from tax attorney to general counsel of a company where I spent 17 years and One maybe secret or not so big secret is when you're in a senior role at a company and you're a woman, you get asked to give a lot of talks about being a woman professional. And being, you know, a tax lawyer and a lawyer, I like to do my homework. I didn't just want to riff on what I was talking about. And so I started studying career. I had three boys along the way. So I was very interested in gender and gender differences. I saw my three kids behave so differently than I thought we were raising them. You know, they gave us so much more pushback and kind of finding the loopholes and the rules. And it made me think that um, even though I've been taught to believe that girls and boys were the same, they could do anything, I started realizing that there are cultural biases that get built in really early that affect our outcomes and what we do so much later. And examples would be, you know, someone who's a CFO coming to me and they've never negotiated their pay, or someone who's a top sales performer, not being a top earner for themselves. And when you start seeing these patterns, you know, you could walk away or you could dig in. And I started digging in, giving more talks, kind of keeping my own notebook. And um, I had the opportunity later in my career 17 years in as a general counsel um, I had a financial opportunity where my husband who'd been an entrepreneur his company sold I wasn't the primary breadwinner the like you know the one who brought in the cash and I thought wow I could make a difference it's why I went to law school I never made it happen I wanted to make a difference so I didn't start with an app you're right I wasn't like, thinking, wow, I'm going to leave my job and I'm going to build an app. But what happened is I started looking around for where could I make a difference?
0: So, I mean, that's really, really powerful because I think the entrepreneurs listening to this show most people in general want to feel like they are making a difference. And you had that dream. You left Chicago and you went to sunny California to Stanford to law school, but you kind of were talking with me before the show about not only the speeches that you were giving, but when you went back to your reunions to law school, you saw specifically women like falling off the professional career ladder and kind of not fulfilling their dreams and not talk to me a little bit about what that looks like and what, what your thought process was around that.
1: Well, you know, I looked at my own class at Stanford and women who I thought nailed it in law school. They were the smartest, super competitive. Some of them were dropping out of the workforce as lawyers because they, quote, could. It wasn't satisfying enough. Um, And I realized you look around and you start asking, this is true at a lot of professional firms, accounting firms doctors, these women with golden keys, unique opportunity, stepping out. And I wanted to understand why. And I looked at, started looking at the data. One out of five women leaves work mid-career due to a lack of satisfaction, not enough money, not enough advancement. And you could just say, hey, it's inevitable. But I started trying to peel back the onion on each of those things and say, hey, Why is that? Of course, there are great researchers in the field. I don't think I'm a PhD in organizational behavior, but I'm a problem solver. That's what general counsels are. And what I realized is that, especially earlier in the career to mid-career, if women don't get a lift um, up, they don't see themselves as performing really well. And they've been great performers in school. So they stop advancing as fast as other people They start feeling it, doesn't feel so good. They don't know why they're there. And so I started um, reading a lot about flow, which is this Mm -hmm. term defined by this guy, Michele Csikszentmihalyi. And if your entrepreneurs are listening, they know it. It's when the time goes by, when you don't check your social, you don't drink your coffee, you don't even go pee. I started asking myself, If people who are underrepresented, who aren't advancing, could get more of that, would they be more willing to ask one more time? Would they be more willing to talk themselves up? What what does it take to shift someone, shift their mindset, right? Because it's career, what I started realizing is that career isn't something you learn in a book and you just do it. It's a behavior. It's kind of like entrepreneurship. All the entrepreneurs in your audience, they're doing it, right? You can dream about being an entrepreneur, but it's a lot different than doing it. And it's the same thing with career. Like, would there be a way, sort of like in cognitive behavioral therapy, to take small steps to talking yourself up just a little more, to asking for something small for networking in a little way? so that we could lift people up and get them more comfortable with these behaviors. And um, so I was thinking about those things before I even left my job. And I was giving some talks on them. I had this idea, I called it like the dial it in. You start, you know, and you just sort of dial in and you reevaluate kind of like the scientific method. You know, don't say, oh my gosh, I have to get to A to B. And if I fail, I'm gonna stop. But like set your pointer, give it a try. Reevaluate.
0: Well, I think I mean, you're you're sharing a lot of good information. I think what you're saying works across a lot of things. I see a lot of people say, you know, I want to start a business, and they'll jump in and they'll be like, I have to be at two million dollars a year in revenue in the first six months. And like, but it's like if you set that goal, but you have no idea how to get there, you're gonna feel really miserable. But the same yes. is my, my college roommate is in the is in corporate America. And he's kind of stuck at like a mid-level place and he's been there forever. And he talks about a lot of what you're saying. He's like, I don't really feel that fulfilled. I'm bored, but I don't know what else I could do that would get me here, that would get uh-huh. me advancement. And other than, you know, I could go out and I could apply for some new jobs, but I don't I don't really want to leave where I'm at. I like where I'm at. I just want to get paid more and I want a little bit more recognition. And what you're saying is the same advice that I give entrepreneurs when they're starting is... One step at a time, one small baby step, like have the big goal, know where you want to go eventually point your ship in that direction. But then what's the first little step you can take and like set, set actions because actions are what lead to your goals being reached, not setting a big goal and beating yourself up.
1: Exactly. And for someone like your roommate who's stuck um, in our app or on a piece of paper, um, a big thing you can do is, I call it satisfaction tracking. And I got the idea first from the book, um, Creative Confidence by the Kelly brothers. They, you know, designed your mouse. Um, the idea is that through the work day, uh, write down how you feel about your work. I started doing this with a piece of paper and a grid, you know, high, low, positive, negative, We do it in the app. And what's nice is we can give you a dashboard of your highs and lows and a way to look at it differently. And I like the nudges that we have in the app. But the idea is that um, we can be more assertive for ourselves at work when we have more of the high work and less of the low work. A lot of us have everything, you know, we have work in the middle, but what you know what really gives you the energy that you think your friend can say, how can I ask for more of that? I really like X, Y, Z client. Wow, I didn't realize how presentations got me going. And you know what? This one type of analysis, I really need to delegate that. It is it is sucking my soul. We all have worked like that. And so shifting that balance of satisfaction, there's a lot of data on flow and satisfaction, but they say that um, you're more productive when you have it. You basically get time back in your day. So if you work eight hours a day, you spend an hour in flow, apparently you can get your whole work day done in like seven hours. Now, I haven't done that research, but that's pretty cool. And what it means is in that eighth hour, maybe you can do more of what you like, or you can spend a little time networking, or your friend then can say, okay, that's the work I like. You know, hey, maybe I don't mind talking myself up a little bit about that. I'm not the type of person who really wants to tell everyone what I'm doing. I think Joe does that or Jane does that. And I roll my eyes. But what we hope to do in the app and what I hope your friend can do is nudge that person to get comfortable with it because they see just how important it is. Because the reality is that if other people don't know the work you like and you want more of, they're not mind readers. No business, none of your entrepreneurs is not going to market, right? So right. your friend, they, he's got to market himself. He's got to put out his soft social on what he wants to do so people can remember that he loves giving those presentations and maybe he does it for another department. And that, that that's getting the wheels turning to move his career forward, right? It's not like for everyone, it's the same. It's I like to call it the data of you. I love this idea that, you know, I just talked to a young woman yesterday and she started using the app and she said, yeah, I was already tracking my calories and I was already period tracking because women do that. And I just added that this into my routine for doing that. And I'm already seeing what I like to do. And that is making me feel better. And so it's kind of beating out that imposter syndrome because your friend is stuck. And that is the worst feeling, you know, to show up every day and feel stuck.
0: Well, okay. So I'm going to, I have a couple questions and then I want to play devil's advocate a little bit, but the, the first question is like, what do you see? Talk to us a little bit about the baby steps. Cause this is what you've built into the app. So the app tracks what you like doing, what you don't like doing where you feel in flow, where you don't feel in flow. What else does the app do? And what are some of the best practices? Maybe we should start with that. If somebody comes to you and they're like, they've been in their career for, we'll say 15 years. They got out of school and they're Mm -hmm. 25. They're going into their 40s. And they're like, okay, what? I'm not getting the advancement that I want. What are one or two things, like best practices? And then how are those integrated into the app? Okay,
1: so the two best practices are, Um, one, on a daily, I like to tell people if you're just getting started on a weekly basis, write down one or two things you've done, not your big KPIs and your milestones, just what you've done. And in the app, we uh, ask you for your pride level in that. Because remember, we're always thinking about how you're feeling. We're trying to align your motivations, your satisfaction, and your pride. That's the ultimate win. But just write down what you do. Right? Keep track of that. Know what your pride levels are and how you feel about it. That's the start, okay? I like to say, if you're using the app, do our basic learning. Just tap through it. It says tap through interactive learning. It's personalized a little bit to who you are, and it helps you kind of think about mindset shifting and the actions you can take. Mm-hmm. And then if you're just doing one more thing, I like the satisfaction tracking, but if we get three I like people to set a target for how often they're really gonna talk themselves up and do a little practicing of it and video recording, just a video selfie. To get through in two sentences, you know, 30 seconds, what you know, plus where you wanna go. So you can start squeezing that into little conversations. This is your nugget that you change over time Um, When you get in the habit of doing it, parties with friends, different people, and instead of thinking you're, I hate that phrase, tooting your own horn, you know, bragging, you're sharing. You're sharing because you offer something. People who love their products don't mind talking about their products. So you have to see yourself in that way. I think you can just do the kind of accomplishment tracking and in the app, you can uh, favorite things, which helps you realize how positive it is. We have collections. You can curate them. But just baseline level, knowing what you do and knowing what you want and sharing that little bit with people, that is so powerful.
0: That's awesome. The, I mean, like, I love the fact that you're talking about taking pride. And I think of one of the reasons there's a difference between bragging and pride pride has a confidence behind it that this is who I am. And I love doing it. And like, if you have, if you have a car, if you, I talk about cars, cause I don't have kids, but if you have kids, you talk about your kids, right? You're like, I, I love my kid played soccer. He scored a goal. It was amazing. You're not like some parents go over the top. Those are the ones who have the imposter syndrome. They're a little bit worried about keeping up with the Joneses, but you know, the person who just shares and they do it in such a natural way well, here's the thing. It wasn't always natural, right? You're pointing to practice. And I think it is one of the biggest things you can take. do selfie videos all the time. You could just talk to the mirror, but if you practice it, it gets in your subconscious. I teach speaking from stage. So, I mean, this is the, main. you just practice it and then the stuff will come out naturally in conversation. And here's the thing. You're always practicing. There's no there's no end to this road. If you keep practicing it now, you'll keep practicing it as you go on. 10 years from now, you'll be saying new things. It'll be a great exactly. uphill, uphill piece. Okay. So the you just shared some really good stuff in there. But my question is, how does this actually relate to their career journey? So uh. how does this get them a bigger paycheck? Because that's what people really want, a bigger paycheck or a job they don't hate. Okay.
1: Okay. So, bigger paycheck, job you don't hate, slightly different, but the same, okay? So, um, I like to paint this picture when I give talks, and I think we need to embed this a little bit more into the app now that I see how people are using it, which is that what you're trying to figure out is your success roadmap, right? What is advancement? And you can't figure that out just by doing your job. So, a lot of people say, hey, I do a great job, but I'm stuck. So the question is, why are you stuck? Are you spending 15 minutes a week networking some, with someone at your company? Are you talking to people who have the job before you and finding out why they left or what your manager does or doesn't do to promote? You know, I talk to a lot of uh, stuff women, especially, and I like to give the analogy. A lot of them know that there's a different set of rules for men's lacrosse and women's lacrosse. It's lacrosse. Well, there are also different rules for school and work. And the work rules require you to find that success roadmap. You might be a controller somewhere, and it turns out that everybody who's been promoted got invited to the sales conference. You don't even know that you're supposed to be chumming up to people who send the invites, you don't know that you're supposed to be asking to go. You've got to be asking those things. That's the advancement part, right? Now that doesn't mean you're going to get it. You also have to talk to your manager and other people in the department because it takes a team to advance you. You know, when somebody else says, oh my gosh, I think Joe would be a great product manager or a whatever the title is assistant CFO, right? When, when that happens, getting an endorsement from a third party it's fantastic. And that only happens because you have said, hey, if you feel in six months that I'm ready to be promoted to X, what will I have accomplished? And maybe you say that's in two years or five years. But when you're interviewing for jobs, when you start jobs, obviously you don't want to pummel your manager every week, but you've got to know what they feel, not just the to-do list, And when you start asking this question to people in your company or people in other companies or people who have left, you are going to start to see a pattern. You know, some of the answers might seem totally off base. And the great thing, just like building a product, you listen to everyone, but you choose the actions you take. And so you embrace their input. You agree. You you know, you nod. You're curious. Then keep your journal Write it down. We have a networking section in Chia Seed if you want to use that, but keep your notes and absolutely then build your plan. And so that's, and of course, then also in the app, because people always want to know this, it's one of the most popular features. We have a like a step-through program for ask for promotion, ask for more pay, job offer negotiation, performance, nail your performance review. But in the end. Doing these things in a day or two and getting ready helps people. They're reporting better outcomes, better than they thought. But it's really unlike a diet app, which is the tough thing for a career app, which is why I don't think you see tons of them. Is that in a diet app, month one, yes. You know, month two, baby, I'm cooking it. Two years later, 95% of the people have gained back their weight. In career, it's almost the opposite. You know, Month one, a little bit. Maybe I used it for one of those programs. It was pretty good. We have maximized your internship. We've had some interns go through it and say, wow, that really helped. But it's month six. You're like, wow, I've been talking myself up a little bit. I kind of got this, right? It starts coming together. So it's a process. And that's why it's a journey, right? It's your career journey. You're going to try these tools And what we're listening for from our users is what other types of programs do they want and features? Do they want us to add in to the app? Because we know we're a startup, so there's going to be more. So we like that people are getting this basic value and the app is free, so that's pretty good for them. But the idea is, you know, how do we take them even to the next level, promotion to promotion, and then how do I love my job? right? We keep drilling home the satisfaction and getting that type of work.
0: Hey, thanks for taking a moment to check out this episode of Grow Your Impact, Income, and Influence, the number one show helping you reach millions. Have you ever thought about building your own webinar or using public speaking to reach your ideal audience? Well, if you'd like my help with it, over the last several years, I have built more than 40 live events for clients just like you. In the last 18 months, I've helped 32 entrepreneurs build their webinar with over $5 million in cumulative sales. If you'd like to see how I can work with you, or if you'd be interested in having me speak at your event or be on your podcast, go to that's steven.coffee. That's S T E V E C-O-F-F-E-E to book a short call with me and see how we can work together. All right, let's jump back to the episode. Well, I think that's the main, I mean, I know everybody says they want more money and, and money definitely is useful. I'm never going to say anything against having more money, but the, the satisfaction piece, I hear so many people in corporate America, because I have probably once or twice a week, I have somebody who wants to have a conversation about, should I leave my job to be an entrepreneur? The answer is usually no, because you're being an entrepreneur is 24-7 and it's a awesome. lot of work that a lot of people just are not going to be happy doing. If you can find a way to be satisfied in your job, what would make you more satisfied? And that, like getting that piece dialed in, a lot of people just getting more recognition, feeling like they're making a difference. Yep. That, moving that needle is more important than money. Most people wouldn't admit that, but that will lead to a happier life, which at the end a of the percent. Yeah, So I think that gives us a nice segue into the last question that I have for you is what is a piece of career advice that you hear a lot of people quote or say, maybe it's toted a lot in around the industry that you disagree with that you're like, that's probably not what you should be doing, or maybe where you should be spending your time. Is there anything that just, you know, you want to you want to take a stand on and go.
1: There, there are a couple of things. They're all a little controversial, but I'm going to put it out there because I think this one's really important. Get out of your identity silo. Okay, so there's this professor at Stanford. His name's Jeffrey Pfeffer. He's probably close to retiring. He wrote this book about power several years ago. You can listen to one of his uh, YouTube videos. Treat it like a podcast. And mm-hmm. the idea that he promulgates, which is very powerful. Is that you get your opportunity from your shallow network? These are people who know that tiny bit about you. He doesn't use these words, but what you know and where you want to go. Because the more people who know this, the more opportunity that comes your way. It's a math problem. So women, especially, people of color, they join identity community groups, moms, right? Mm-hmm. And this is all good. We all need deep networks where people have our backs, but you can spend too much time in your identity silo. You have to get out of it. You, uh, there's another scholar, Hermania Ibarra, she talks about strategic networking, power networking. It's like, how are you going to get to those people if you stay in your silo? Now, of course, uh, and no disrespect intended, if you're a white cis male who golfs at the club, Maybe staying in your silo is not a bad idea. <laughs> you're Don Draper, not a bad idea. But if you're like most of us, half of us are introverted. You know, that doesn't, that, that has nothing to do with your um, identity, but maybe you hang out with introverts. You got to get out there with the extroverts, male or female. Hanging out in women's groups and women's communities. Um, women are paid less than men. If you're doing research on pay and opportunity. Are you getting all the details? I I really espoused this. And there was a woman a few years ago who came to one of my talks. Um, She was in a health administrator's group, like 30 women in the room. And she followed this method. And she basically learned by befriending a guy on her team that the guys were getting together for lunch every Friday when it was optional to come in the office pre-COVID. So she's got invited to the guy's lunch because she made friends with a guy. She'd only been friends with the women three or four weeks later. This happened over an eight week period. She's at the lunch and someone says something about a project she really wants. And she says, Oh, I never get that project. And guess what? They said, I'll put in a good word for you. And she got the project.
0: See, that's, that is like, I, I love that. I network a lot. I'm, I'm mm-hmm. pretty pretty social but the the idea that pre i see it more as like preconceived notion of i like these people and this is where i belong well you belong wherever you want and we've all heard the like seen the blackboard picture of like the magic happens outside your comfort zone here's your comfort zone the magic happens out here the same thing is true with networking go meet new people especially i mean i could see that at a big corporation both both of my sisters work um i my sister works for a major healthcare company and she has, she has done very well. Um, she's climbed, but it's because, and she said exactly that she was like, I, I make sure to always chat with everybody from every department whenever I can. Yes. and She's not outgoing. She's not, she would say she's an introvert, but she's like, I just make it a point to at least know who they are, know a little bit about them. And exactly. you, you never know how that comes back because it, Dale Carnegie's How to Win Friends and Influence People and his social course. I, mm-hmm. I was lucky enough. I did it when I was 15 years old. When I was 15 wow. years old, I used that to make it was really funny as a side story. My librarian, I was reading in library at high school um, or like middle school. My librarian had never read it. And she was like, she all she saw was the title. And she was like, I don't know if that's appropriate for you to be reading. I remember <laughs> her saying that. And being like, you should really read this book. And she was like, I think I'm okay. Like, I don't remember exactly what she said. But she was like, because the title is, it sounds a little bit like it's it's influencing. The other book that I would tell you similarly is uh, Winning Through Intimidation. It The title is horrible. The title has, it's Winning Through Being Intimidated. It talks about oh. somebody who is really introverted and is has a hard time pushing through social norms and getting the word out
1: mm-hmm. about exactly.
0: themselves. And it's winning through being intimidated would be a better title. Wow. The... That's powerful. I actually, I actually, have it on the shelf. Um,
1: I'm writing it down.
0: If you're listening to this and you want to get the book, I will tell you go on eBay. So they made, so this, I think it was published in the mid 80s. Let's see if I can find the publisher date. So this one was published in seventy four. There was one, so they redid it in the two thousands, and they stripped a ton of stuff out of it because Mm it it it, Mm -hmm. they didn't feel like it was PC. There's nothing in there that's offensive, but it's the older version is better. Anyway, the what you're saying is very good advice, and if let's I want to give them an action step. What is the first thing that they can do to do that? If they're like, I'm an introvert, I'm too busy, I don't have time, what's one simple step under a minute a day that they could do?
1: Um, It it takes no time. So anytime they meet someone, uh, even on a a Zoom call or in the office, right, they should uh, ask them, say, I really give their tiny pitch, right? That's 30 seconds, you give me a minute, and then say, would it be okay in the future to meet for talk for 15 minutes. I'd love to know more about what you do. Right. And then follow up with an email, one minute of effort. Okay. Yeah. Of course there's 15 minutes later. Not everyone will say yes, because people want to say yes. They absolutely say yes. Not everyone will follow through. Don't take that personally introvert. You can't maybe three of 10 people will actually do it, but 15 minutes you can get through that. And you'll just mostly listen, remember, because you set it up to learn about them. And so you don't even have to talk very much. You just have a few questions to ask and then have one ask for yourself. One simple ask, know what it is beforehand. And then end with, do you know someone else that you can recommend I speak to who does what they do or what you've expressed you're interested in because it's hard to get leads. So if you're introverted or not, take the opportunity to get the next lead from the person you just spoke to. And I hope that that would help people just push this along.
0: I mean, that's, that is great advice. The, I mean, if, Dale Carnegie, always be more interested in the other person than yourself. Hey, I would love to take a few minutes to learn more about what you do in the company. I've never heard of, you know, data analyst tax prep, but I, yeah. it sounds, I mean, I want to save money on my taxes. I don't know if there's anything in there, but I would love to just talk to you and learn about what you do. And then you sit yeah, down and, and I'll and tell you, you,
1: yeah, sorry. If you always, you just, the connection is amazing with the other person, but you will be surprised that you will start understanding your organization better. It is such a win-win because you have people who have your back, you get to know the business. I just love this form of networking.
0: Well, it also, I mean, I, I worked in corporate America from 2007 to 2013. And I will okay. say like, I used to always, we were we were in different buildings. I would stop by with a cup of coffee once in a while. Like, hey, nice. I had an extra Starbucks. And I would just stop by somebody's desk that I had seen somewhere and be like, I don't know, they made this for me, but here you go, and chat with them for a minute. Within two years, mm-hmm. I had climbed up four direct, four levels. Wow. Inside the company, because, and I will say my manager always said, like, you seem to know everybody here. And it's because I did. I worked for Vail Resorts and I made sure. That I knew, even if they were in a different department, it didn't matter. I made sure I knew who was in charge in snowmaking. I knew who I was in the restaurant part. I knew all my other restaurant managers, but I also knew all the people everywhere. And I always made sure to make them smile, ask them what they did. But people, my manager at my, like, I kept going up and he was like, you seem to know everybody and everybody says that they like you. Well, cool. You here go. you go here. Have another $20,000. Like, great. Let's do it.
1: And I'm so, sure you also did a good job. So there's the reality of that, yeah. but it doesn't matter if you do a good job, if nobody knows and people don't have your back and they're not talking about you, it's just like a product. You are like, your product and you totally got that. And, you know, I think of these entrepreneurs out there, they would not go to an event and not say anything about what they do. You, they would absolutely do it. But if they were in their jobs in corporate America, they might not do that, but you need to be doing that. So it's not just at work. I mean, my view is take it into your social life. You don't know who you're gonna meet. And I do think men do a better job of this than women when they need something or they're looking for something at work or talking about work. If you're a fly on the wall at a soccer game, and you bunch of parents, you know, the women are huddling together and the men are huddling together. The men almost always, because I have gone over there over the many years to try to test this theory. Some of them are talking about work. And I have actually never bumped into a group of women at a soccer game talking about work, even though 70% might work.
0: Well, that's, I mean, I, I, my thought on that is guys are naturally producers whether you believe that is hereditary or whether you believe that is evolutionary we're the we're driven by work like men's number one goal in life is to produce that's innately in us women i feel like is naturally to nurture they're hereditary biological usually going to raise kids and guys love talking about work especially if they like what they do Um, it's just going to be different. Whereas like I've had, I mean, this is how I know to break up with a girl. If she says you talk about work too much, cool. You're not the right person for me because I live what I do. Um, and that's, I'm very clear on that, but the, and that's not for everyone and that's okay. But the, just to your point, I think having, I think as a woman in the workforce, it would be very beneficial to go. I mean, like you just talked about your friend, guys are inviting. We don't care if you come hang out with us, but we're probably not going to come over to your group. Not Um, going to come over. And when
1: you're over there, it might feel awkward. Be on the alert. It might feel awkward. Other moms might look at you like that's weird or at a dinner party or at a cocktail party or a networking event that's dual gender. Come over with someone else who talks yourself, you up. And like if you're uncomfortable, especially at a networking event or working, bring your buddy over and have them say something great about you. And then go over to another group and you say something great about them. Because third-party so, endorsements are the best.
0: So the last piece I have on that, and then we'll wrap this up. But the one of my introverted friends who owns a very big business that does over hundred million a year, he said the way that he got this going was he, he's super introverted. He mm-hmm. found an extroverted friend, opposite sex that would go to the event with him. Yeah. So woman, and he would send her out to find people. And like, he would, th- she would either bring him into their group or she would bring them to him. And he was like, I just started every time I went somewhere. And he was like, it got to the point that. If I was going to a three-day event, I would pick two or three people. I'd pay for them to come with me because exactly. I couldn't go out and do it. So the same thing could be true speaking about how this works. Find an extroverted friend, whether they're woman or men, doesn't matter. And have like let them do the opening for you. And then just stand there and make small talk. Exactly.
1: Like, and you don't even have to make this that much small talk because the other person's done the work for you. They've greased the skids. You can talk about what you're really interested in if the other person asks, which is your work, which you're less introverted about. And what I love about this story is that in the app and when I give talks, I always talk about building your team. That's what you're doing. And so you can explicitly do it, but you can also do it for meetings. Not being heard in a meeting, build your team. Make sure someone else in that meeting knows what you want to say and has your back and help them out with something else. You can't do it alone. That's what your friend, right? Your friend built this really successful business and figured out, wow, I just need a little help with where I'm weak. And when we open ourselves up to that, like I want that advancement so much, I'm going to go get help and I'm going to be intentional about it. That's when it starts happening for us. And it doesn't have to be more money or bigger business, right? Like you said, could be that work that gives us the flow, same money, same title, but now we look forward to going to work. We don't have the third cup of coffee and a cookie. We feel better. Yeah.
0: Awesome. Well, Giselle, you have shared so much with us. If you guys are wondering where the app is, the app is linked down in the description below. I just want to say thank you for coming on and sharing time with us today.
1: Well, this has been great. I love talking with you. It's fantastic. I'm for sure going to listen to more of you. Thank you.
0: Awesome. No problem. It is my pleasure. To everybody else out there, make sure you check out the app. If you want more satisfaction, more money, if you want some help networking, it is Chia Seed. It is in the description down below. We will see you next time. Until then, take action, change lives, and make money. We'll see you soon.
1: Bye. Thanks.
0: Thanks for checking out today's show. Do you want the fast and easy Cliff Notes version of the actionable steps from today's episode? If so, go to actionbullets.com and download yours today. Also, if you're looking to start using story selling in your business and have stories do 90% of the hard work for you, grab my free course at storyselling.how today. Till next time, take action, change lives, and make money. We'll see you soon.